Welcome to Idaho Speakeasy. I'm Mike Turner, and I'm on a mission to uncover and share the stories of Idaho's finest entrepreneurs, community leaders, local icons, and those impacting our community. Today in the Speakeasy, we have Marku Alexander. Marku is the founder of Hearts for Hadley. Welcome to the Speakeasy. Thanks, Mike. Okay, so Marku, you were recommended to me that we need to get you on the show. Um, um, you, the founder of of Hearts for Hadley. Uh, what? So tell everybody what that is, what your organization is. Sure. So Hearts for Hadley is a foundation that we started to help raise awareness and money for my youngest daughter Hadley's rare disease cystinosis. Which is what? I'm sorry. No, that <laughs> you're not the only one. It's a very rare disease. Um, cystinosis is a genetic disease. There's only 500 in the U.S. and 2,000 in the world. Wow. Yeah, it's very rare, so it's hard to diagnose. Okay. Um, It's where the amino acid cysteine doesn't have a transporter out of the cells. So instead, it accumulates and it turns the tissues to, to, it crystallizes them. So then it slowly um, makes all of the organs dysfunction. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, so walk us back. So what happened? Okay, so you had your daughter, and then all of a sudden you noticed something was happening. Yeah, so yeah. Hadley is my um, youngest daughter. I have another daughter, Stella. Okay. And they're a year and two days apart. Okay. So we had wow. kids very close together. Yeah. Um, and so when Hadley was born, she was this healthy eight-pound, three-ounce baby, and she was progressing completely normal till she turned six months old. And when she turned six months old, she the first sign I noticed something wasn't quite right was she refused to eat. And, you know, right away I brought it up to a pediatrician and he said, you know, some kids just take longer to take to food, um, give her a little bit of time. And so I was so used to my first daughter instantly taking to food. I thought, well, this next one's going to be the exact same. Sure. And of course she wasn't. So we kept trying to feed, you know, offer her food, but she always had a really insatiable thirst, whether it was milk or even water. She was craving water at a really young age, and that was seemed really odd to me. And she hit all of her milestones until six months, but once she also hit that point, she literally could, all, all she could do was sit. Um, there was no rolling. There was no trying to pull up. Um, hmm. She just... Something was off. My my mom gut said, this is not right. Sure. So at her nine-month checkup, she still wasn't eating, was starting to lose weight, was really falling behind in her gross motor skills. Um, so at that point, the pediatrician agreed, and he referred us to go see a feeding therapist and see if she qualified for some services. So we went and we did that, um, and she did. She was not only behind in eating, but they also... Uh, evaluated her for her motor skills, and so at that point she qualified it qualified for early intervention. And we waited a few months before we actually started any sort of um, treatment. But when she turned one, um, she got really sick with just a what seemed like a normal tummy bug. Um, but she was vomiting profusely, very lethargic. So we ended up being. Um, admitted to Children's Hospital in Seattle. We lived in Seattle at the time. Okay. So we spent um, four days in Seattle at Seattle Children's doing numerous tests. They did a swallow study, and they 
lots of blood work. They were were just coming up empty. They had no idea what was wrong. Mm. So they ended up releasing us from the hospital and suggested we do an upper endoscopy and we take her to an ENT. I mean, they kind of just had a slew of different doctors for us to go see. Jeez. Um, yeah, and it was rough. She At this point, we'd seen so many specialists and she was horrified of doctors. I mean, we still had no answers. And she still wasn't eating and she was still losing weight. And I was terrified something was really wrong. And so uh, we took a couple months off from visiting doctors because she needed a break. Hmm. And at her 18-month checkup, we went back to the pediatrician and uh, she hadn't grown in height, weight, weight or head in over six months. In fact, at six months, she was a very chunky, but very cute, um, 21-pounder. And at a year and a half, she had dropped down to 19 pounds. Oh, wow. So I was, yeah, very concerned. And he was too. Mm -hmm. So he referred us to get some blood work drawn. And her levels were alarmingly low um, in in most levels. And so he suspected she had something called renal tubular acidosis. And he said, basically, we could cure her with some baking soda. So that seemed like such an easy fix. We were super excited. Wow, yeah. Yeah, so he referred us um, the next day to go see a pediatric nephrologist. And we went to see her. And they did, you know, she did the full exam. And uh, they did a kidney biopsy, or excuse me, a kidney um, ultrasound. And she had completely fallen off the growth charts in all ways, except her kidneys were at 80%. So that seemed a little odd. Um, and she, during that appointment, was actually able to diagnose Hadley with what's called Fanconi syndrome. And I had never heard of such a thing. Yeah. And it's where there's some kidney damage. And so um, the body is unable to absorb the vitamins and nutrients that we all can. And instead, it just um, goes right out into the urine. Mm. So at that point, we didn't know that Fanconi syndrome is often caused by cystinosis, which was something obviously we'd never heard. Um, so a couple days go by and we do some additional testing. And the only definitive way to get a diagnosis for cystinosis is a very special blood draw that gets um, spun and frozen and it gets shipped off to UCSD in California. And that's where the lab is that can actually perform the test and, and offer the diagnosis. So uh, we did finally get the diagnosis uh, when she was 18 months old, and um, a normal person's cysteine level is one, and hers was 3.57. So it Whoa. took it took a, over a year to get it, but we finally had had our diagnosis. So what so what happens next? I mean, now right. that you know what it is. So I remember. Hearing what you know, hearing the word cystinosis, and the first thing I did was Google, which is never a good idea. Right. And the first, um, uh. the first thing I came across was an article saying that she would die by the age of ten, and you know, completely lost my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but kept doing some research, and I ended up stumbling across the website for the Cystinosis Research Foundation, and um, I got in touch with the founder. And um, they were actually getting ready to have a family conference in the next couple of weeks. And so I instantly um, wanted my husband and I to go to learn more. And she ended up calling me that night. We had a two and a half hour conversation. And fortunately, she sent me straight 
10 was the what was used to be the the age that um, kids would fail from cystinosis. But so much progress had been made, and there was a lot of research happening, and it was mostly being funded by the the CRF. So um, two weeks after Hadley was diagnosed, we went to our first family conference. Um, we left our daughter Stella at home, but we took little Hadley with us, and it was absolutely life-changing. We met other people going through the same situation as we were. We met other kids um, who had the same disease. And so it was really eye-opening to see that there was actually progress being made. Sure. And, um, and that, you know, her future looked a little brighter than what we had originally thought. Um, but you asked about how you treat this. So yeah. um, Hadley takes 10 different medications um, every eight hours around the clock. Wow. And yeah, especially as a little, as an 18 month old, yeah. she was unable to tolerate that much medication orally. So um, within a couple of weeks, we had, um, she underwent surgery to have a G2 placed into her stomach. Mm. So now all of the medications she take actually go through that tube and they go directly into her stomach. So she doesn't have to deal with all the side effects of swallowing a lot of medication um, because the side effects from the medication alone are, are enough. Um, so she does. She takes, in order to replace all the nutrients she's losing through her urine, She we replace potassium and phosphorus and vitamin D and all those types of things that you and I can absorb, but she's unable to. Um, but the main drug that actually treats the cystinosis is she's on a drug called Procisbe, but the drug itself is called cystamine. Mm -hmm. And it actually is able to remove the cystine from the cells um, and slows down the progression of the disease. So it's actually critical to keeping her as healthy as we can. And what's, did they know like what the long-term prognosis is? Right now, the average lifespan is 28, um, which is far too young, if you ask me. Um, but the great news is that there is so much being done to not only improve existing treatments, but we are so close to the cure. And that's what keeps me going every day. And that's why we started Hearts for Hadley and are raising money. Um, in fact, the so the cure that they're looking at is a stem cell transplant. It's using the patient's own stem cells. So there's a lot less risk involved because you're not using donor stem cells. And so what they would do is take, um, because the disease is genetic, my husband and I both are carriers, although we had no idea we were. We yeah. would say we, we won the reverse lottery by finding each other and having right. this crazy rare wow. uh, child with a rare disease. But um, so um, anyhow... Well, it's so you started. So you started this. You decided to start this, this, this nonprofit. I mean, that's a big. You know what? And so obviously, because you know you're not. It seems like the cure may be not that far off if mm -hmm. you just get some some more research, some more funding. Yeah the 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 first um, trial for the transplant, the stem cell transplant, is actually slated to start next year. Oh, wow. Which is really exciting. Um, there'll be two patients that'll go through the process the first year, uh, and they'll know within three months. And so, the like I was mentioning, the they take the stem cells from the patient, genetically modify them, and then reintroduce them to the patient after going under some chemo, lighter chemo. Um, and so, yeah, we 
when you get a diagnosis like cystinosis and you're told there's no cure and you're told your child may not have the full lifespan that you'd expected, I mean, a world of things come with that. Um, And one of the things my husband and I talked about was we can't, we can't, we have no control over this. We can do what we can to make sure Hallie's well medicated and she's seen the right specialist. And, you know, we're, we're doing all we can to make sure she stays as healthy as possible. But we really have no control. And so the one thing we could control was bringing awareness and doing, trying to make some difference in terms of helping move along uh, research. And so we initially started with really small fundraisers in Seattle. We had a t-shirt sale and we did a poker, like a charity poker tournament. And, you know, Mm. we did these small things here and there to raise um, a little bit of money. But when we moved to Boise, we really got serious. And that's when we started Hearts for Hadley. So, uh, so how many years ago was that now? That was five years ago. Okay. And how has that journey been going of just running this, this nonprofit, this, this, yeah, this thing it's, on top of your day, normal day job? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I like to say I have two full-time jobs and, yeah. and, and I'm a mom and a right. wife. Right. Um, it's been amazing. I had no idea when we started that it would grow to where it has. Um, our first event was at the Linen Building, and I was hopeful that maybe we could maybe get 100 people in the door. And my goal was maybe we could raise $20,000. And um, we had you know, some drinks and appetizers and a silent auction. And I was blown away. Um, we raised 65000 our first year, and I just was shocked. Um, and what's really special about uh, the Cystinosis Research Foundation is that the foundation is 100% underwritten. So every dollar raised goes directly to research. And we wanted to mirror that in our foundation. So 100% of the money we raise for Hearts for Hadley goes directly to the CRF to fund um, research and, and better treatment. So um, yeah, it's just grown from there. We've we just had our fifth event uh, this past September at Jump in Boise, mm-hmm. and we raised over $100,000. Mm. And so it was really fun being able to write that big check to send to the CRF. Um, it's amazing to see how much we've grown in just five short years, especially for this really rare disease that no one's ever heard about. But yeah. um, but you have you have a, we have an we example of we can see it, right? You have your daughter. Mm-hmm. It's its ongoing story. I mean, I think everybody, you know, it's uh, something you want to get behind because, you you know, to find a cure has such Mm -hmm. big, huge implications, not only in her life, but so many others. Right. And Hadley um, is a, I mean, I might be biased, but she's actually, she's a remarkable child. And she's, um, I think, you know, when you go through something like this, she just has such a incredible, positive outlook on life. And you can't help but feel that when you meet her. I mean, she always comes to the event with her big sister, and she's part. You know, she's part of the the whole night. She likes to greet people, and she's kind of a little social butterfly. And um, you can't help but just fall in love with her. And you know, she she knows she takes medicine, and she knows she has cystinosis, um, but she doesn't consider herself sick. It's just part of who she is. Uh, and she she may struggle with things that other kids don't, but 
You know, it's it's who she is. And so um, I think people, right when they meet her, you just can't help but be drawn to her. And, yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to help not just her but, the you know, the whole community, mm-hmm. uh, you know, improve and live a longer life? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So where can people learn more about – so you, you guys have a Facebook page, Hearts mm-hmm. for Hadley. Mm-hmm. Um, you also said there's information about where people can learn more about this the, this disease and the foundation they run. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, the cystinosisresearch.org is the website for the Cystinosis Research Foundation. And if you don't know how to spell it, I will put it on our website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they their website's really well done. It it outlines all the research that's happening. There's um, in the th- I actually want to kind of tell the story about how the, C- the CRF came to about because it's it. so touching. Okay. So Jeff and Nancy Stack started the CRF back in 2003. They um, have a daughter named Natalie, and it was the eve of her 12th birthday, and they went out to lunch after her wellness check. And uh, her mom said, you know, what do you want for your, what's your birthday wish? And Natalie, you know, didn't say anything. And her mom said, well, you know, what if it's going to see grandma and grandpa? Or, you know, she kind of threw out some ideas for a wish. And Natalie didn't say anything, but she, during lunch, took out a crayon and quietly wrote something down on a napkin and she put it in her pocket and so after lunch they're walking in the parking lot and nancy her mom said did you put your wish on that napkin in your pocket and natalie said yeah and her mom pulled it out and on the napkin it said to have my disease go away forever so that was a really you know poignant Mm. moment for jeff and nancy and they said you know we need to do something at this point there was no research being done um, lifespan was a lot less. And so they decided to have their first fundraiser, which was a cocktail party, and they raised a ton of money. Um, and that's when the CRF started. So since 2013, the CRF has raised um, over $45 million for research. And a lot of that comes from um, groups like us. So a lot of families will start their own nonprofit, and all the money they raise will go to the CRF. And one of the main reasons is that cystinosis being such a rare disease, mm-hmm. um, there's very little government funding to help move forward with research. And so a lot of the money that, that's coming, you know, coming, it's coming from groups like ours or families or friends. So, um, you know, it's people who are really heavily uh, involved and really want to see a, a cure come. So... So awesome. I mean, it's so awesome that uh, so many uh, families like yours have and others who have found a way to uh, inspire a way to try to find this cure. And I mean, $45 billion Mm -hmm. um, in the last handful of years is it's it's astonishing. But I think uh, uh, it, it also shows the power of what, you know, a community communities can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also a really uh, cool part of that story is to see what you're doing and others are doing to try to help kids like Had- Hadley. And, um, wow, that, that, is a, that is one heck of a story you got there, <laughs> Marku. So, Marku, when you're not, uh, um, you know, running this foundation, you know, at, as a volunteer um, <laughs> and uh, being mom and 
wife like what 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 are you doing in Boise what's what's your what what what, what you you know how do you what what's your what's your day job well, my day job is I work for Happy Family Organics. It's oh. an organic baby food company. Yeah. And I um, do all the packaging development. Yeah. It's an awesome job. My husband also works there. Oh, fun. And so, yeah, we um, I spend my day working on uh, sustainable, unique packaging for organic baby food. Mm. And yes, and I, I, I can't imagine what it is juggling all the things that you do, but... Um, it's been a very, a very fun to uh, to meet you and to learn more about uh, this organization, Hearts for Hadley. Um, again, you can find uh, they have, do have a Facebook page, Hearts for Hadley. Um, you can Google it there, and um, I'll put information about the uh, CRF Foundation, CRF. So if people are more interested in learning about that, that whole cause, I think that's really. You're right. Not a lot of people know about this. Right. But maybe, you know, uh, sharing your stories and others, you know, more people will. That's the hope. I mean, it's rare to even find a doctor who's heard of it unless it's a specialist who deals with it. But it's very rare that um, people have ever heard of it, even if they've studied medicine. So, right. All right. Well, uh, I want to thank you for coming on, Marku. It's been great having you. Thanks for having me. And um, um, so... I will be, again, posting information about this on our website, idospeakeasy.com. Um, but again, um, thanks for coming in and thanks for sharing your story. And um, uh, best of, of luck going forward. And uh, congratulations on your recent fundraising events. And again, uh, it's, heart, it's Marku Alexander uh, with Hearts for Hadley. And you can find our Facebook page online. Mm-hmm.